Amo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Purandamang sangang namasami So Longpore began by recollecting that today is Magapuja, the day when 2,500 years ago they say that 1,250 Arahant, disciples of the Buddha, the first 1,250 or so, um, gathered spontaneously to listen to a teaching of the Buddha on uh, a full moon night. And this teaching embodied the basis or the basic uh, foundation of the practice that the Buddha was intent on giving to the world and of the path. Uh, it's called the Awada Padimoka, and its simple formula begins with saying one refrains from doing evil, undertakes only the good, and purifies the mind. This is the teaching of all Buddhas. So these simple instructions which the Buddha designated as the basis of all uh, the teachings that he would give are um, things we can do. They're possible. So one might ask, is it really uh, possible for a human to completely let go of evil? And the answer is that yes, with the development of sati and panya, mindfulness and wisdom, one can uh, develop the mind to a sufficient degree where it can truly become pure. And in the time of the Buddha, uh, this development could happen extremely quickly. There are numerous instances in the suttas of individuals with faculties such that on hearing the Dhamma once, they became enlightened uh, immediately. Um, their strength of mind was uh, extremely uh, quick and powerful. The Krubhajans of our current era and our current time, however, have uh, told us that nowadays people tend not to have faculties at quite that level and sometimes may have to be instructed many times. And this is why we have such a robust mode of practice within our monasteries. The core wat, or the uh, duties and uh, regulations of the monastery. For example, morning chanting, evening chanting, um, various chores, and ways that we as monastic members of a community sacrifice for the good of all. These are ways that we slowly purify smooth and brighten the mind so that it can over time become pure. These ways of applying effort manifests in all simple aspects of our life. For example, when we wake up, we may find that the kalesa uh, just try to make us continue sleeping, to fall back into slumber. And our duty as monks is to go against that kilesa, to go against the stream 
and to attempt to wake up uh, and get up as soon as we wake. So occasionally in these aspirations such as maintaining and being devoted to wakefulness we'll find that we fail or slip and that's fine, we're human. But we continue to apply the four right efforts um, of giving up bad that has arisen, preventing bad uh, states that have not arisen from arising, and bringing into being good states and developing and strengthening those states that have already developed. We apply ourselves to these four right efforts constantly and to the eightfold uh, path in general. It's a complete system, robust and perfect. And we've agreed from the moment of our ordination to take on this training. Upon ordaining, each of us has to recite the words of our aspiration, Nibbana Sachi Karunataya Imang Etang Kasawang Tatawa. And this phrase, Nibbana Sachi Karunataya, uh, means for the complete realization of Nibbana. Um, I take on this robe. And we've established this is our intention from the day we've gone forth. In fact, our Upajaya cannot even give us the going forth until we have memorized and recited this word, uh, these words, this aspiration. We've taken this as our basis and we should not forget. It is our satcha, our truth, our determination, and we must protect and remember it. We've entered this life for the complete realization of enlightenment. This can be hard. If we've been ordained for a long time, many years, we can forget. But it's important that we recollect it, uh, keep our korwat, our uh, way of applying ourselves to the duties of the monastery and our practice, keeping it uh, tight, strong, and clean. If we are too loose from the beginnings of our monastic life, the robes and the life in robes just gets harder and harder. However, if we move into ordination with the intent to apply ourselves and really try to perfect the form, then things get easier and we find that the practice develops naturally. So this is what the Buddha was pointing to, this way of practice in his simple words during the Awada Padimokha given on Magha Puja, to let go of the bad, to develop the good, to purify the mind. And furthermore, the next lines point to the other basis of our practice, namely patient endurance. Uh, the next lines of the Awada Padimokha are the Buddha saying that patient endurance is the supreme furnace that burns up defilements, or the supreme practice burning up defilements. And a true practitioner must take these words to heart, must endure various aramana or impressions, um, anger, heat, cold, kilesa, mind states, all should be approached and gone through with patient endurance. The Buddha said that those who know understand Nibbana as the ultimate of all things. It's the mind of emptiness. 
and we must practice in accord with what the Buddha taught to reach it. So one might ask again in more detail, how do we practice? We restrain ourselves within the rules of the Padi Moka, our actions and speech. We are careful, and this is part of the meaning of what it uh, is to be a samana. We restrain ourselves. We don't say bad or hurtful things. We don't do bad or hurtful things. We do not develop bad karma. And the structure of the Padi Moka helps us maintain and control ourselves in this way to be restrained. As a layperson, um, the five precepts uh, provide this structure. Both of these structures are sila or morality and they're essential to the practice. The Buddha was extremely intelligent in laying down such detailed rules. They uh, allow us to approach our lives with a degree of subtlety and uh, purity which would be impossible or difficult otherwise. So when we restrained, we don't have problems. The samadhi we have developed does not get destroyed. However, if we talk too much, if we eat too much, if we sleep too much, if we give in to various defilements in our lives, then the concentration we have developed gets shattered and we cannot uh, bring our minds to any state of lucid calm. So we must remain intent to be restrained in all of these areas. If careless and negligent, we must wake ourselves up and remind ourselves how precious this opportunity is. One important way to reorient in the practice is to achieve viveka, or retreat, um, seclusion. Uh, the Pali term viveka um, generally is divided into two forms. There's gaya viveka, or seclusion of the body, which would uh, become prized of one going to a place that is quiet and secluded, for example, a lone kuti out in the woods. And this is extremely important for a monastic to do from time to time, to find situations where they can achieve some seclusion of the body, because such seclusion leads eventually to chitta the second sort of seclusion, which is seclusion of the mind. And uh, this is when the mind, secluded from unwholesome states, enters into uh, samadhi, uh, characterized by the five enlightenment factors, um, namely vitaka vichara, directed thought and evaluation, piti sukha, uh, rapture and pleasure, and finally ekagata, or one-pointedness of mind. Um, and he didn't say this, but there, I. I said that there was only two forms of viveka, but there is a third as well. Um, I didn't mean to say there's only two. So this is kusala, this is goodness. And when we develop wisdom, we make the mind enter into this goodness. We constantly apply ourselves to the four satipatthana, the developments of mindfulness, maintaining this clarity of comprehension as we walk, stand, eat, lie down, 
undertake various duties and move through postures in the day. We already are a samana on the outside, but it's only through undertaking the satipatthana and restraint that we become a samana, a renunciant on the inside. What the Buddha taught 2,500 years ago is still relevant and practicable, and we must apply ourselves deeply and powerfully to it. And if we do, our lives will only develop well. Only good things will come. So on this important day of Magha Puja, take the opportunity to recollect this, to put forth effort. Nesachik, or take on the sitter's practice if you can, and don't lie down all, evening, all night. Practice until morning. Don't throw away this intention um, that you made while ordaining of complete realization of Nibbana. The Kruba Ajans and, your, and teachers will remind you of this uh, from time to time out of uh, care and for your own benefit. They will remind you that as you've entered into the lineage of Long Kor Cha, you've taken on certain very special training rules um, that are not held everywhere. For example, our refraining from touching money how we take great care to maintain a restrained and orderly appearance, how we refrain from smoking cigarettes, refrain from chewing betel nut, how we hold ourselves well restrained within the paddy mocha in all ways. And on that day of ordaining, we were given our weapons or kamatana for this holy life, namely the five uh, panchakamatana, the five kamatana, of uh, meditation objects to do with the external or visible parts of the body. On the day that we ordained, we were told to recite Nakadanta um, uh, Naka Tacho Kesaloma um, in a different order, but basically the five bodily parts of hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin. And these five kamatana or uh, meditation objects are extremely help, uh, powerful in terms of helping us stay in the holy life. For example, we might take the first of the kamatana, the hair of the head, and contemplate it. What happens when you take a hair out and put it in water? The water immediately becomes dirty and undrinkable. The same if you put a piece of hair in a, piece, in a, a dish of food or curry. The dish is ruined. The teeth, if we forget to brush them for a time, they become dirty. Uh, the body, skin, if we don't bathe, it excretes oil and becomes covered in oil. It, the, similarly, if we do not wash our clothes, they begin to smell. If we contemplate in this way, if we use the panchakamatan in this way, the kilesas become quiet. They cool down and we find that we can remain in this holy life at ease. Inside the body is even worse. It's a bag of skin filled with blood, brains, oil. Um, it's effectively a zombie in many ways. So we can look inside and outside and develop this passion towards the body. Also in the process, keeping our practice of Anapanasati 
going as well, um, which allows for a degree of pleasure. And we might ask what effort, where the right efforts come into play here. And in regards to Anapanasati, it's as simple as remaining with the in and out breath of tracking the breath through its full uh, motion. When the mind has become quiet and achieved this samadhi, that's when we lift up the five kamatana, the body, uh, the bodily parts we've mentioned, and look at them and contemplate them in this way. And if we contemplate them with the quiet mind and we see truth, we become disenchanted and dispassionate towards the body and the mind becomes bright. The mind that is lost and deluded in the body is dark, but with a contemplation such as this in Vipassana, the mind is drawn out of its delusion and as it draws out, it becomes far more beautiful. We begin to see that real beauty is not found in the body or in external objects, but rather in goodness itself, in the good life of a monk. Samadhi makes the mind pure and bright, but it's only vipassana that makes it radiant. It's a difference of levels. It's a difference of levels almost, and if we bring the mind to a state of calm, then it will become uh, bright and pure in a certain sense, but only after using it to contemplate and draw out of delusion, especially in its attachment to the body, does it develop this radiance. So this is hard. Developing samadhi takes time. And we have to continue to apply ourselves every day without cease to develop it truly. And at first, we may have just applied ourselves to study, to pariyati. And this is not as much benefit, not as, not of as much benefit as real practice. Um, but then we begin to apply ourselves to the practice of meditation. And we up our effort. We practice even when sick. The Kruba Ajans, whether they were ill or not, would apply themselves to practice, walking Jangram, even through times of extreme sickness. And this is how they saw the Dhamma. The basis is patient endurance. One must look at the body and then make the mind radiant. And if samadhi is attained, then you might find that it can remain for a long time through many postures and many days. Um, you just maintain anapanasati. You abide in the mind that's imbued with loving kindness and compassion. And you use this calm, bright mind to contemplate this physical form again and again. It doesn't just have to be in terms of the bodily parts as we've mentioned, but rather one can tear the body apart into the elements, divide it up into the earth element of solidity, fire, heat, wind, movement, liquidity or water. Um, and if we do this, we see that what we formally attach to as a self, this heap of elements, is actually anatta, it's not self. And when we see the anatta truly, when we see not self truly, the mind becomes pure, clean, and radiant, just as the Buddha said.
One must do this and put forth effort now that we are ordained, even for a short time of one month or three months. It doesn't matter. We apply ourselves to the practice completely. We remain true and sincere to the intentions we came into this life with. And we try to develop this degree of wisdom in Vipassana. And if we can't attain this level of wisdom in Vipassana, still we try to attain a level of samatha or concentration or unification of mind. And if we're unable to attain that level of unification of mind, we still abide in these robes and this pure sila uh, through patient endurance. We do what we can. It's not easy to come and give up the world like you all have. It's not easy to give up the worldly happiness and fun which most of the population indulges in. But you have. You've given it all up for the sake of the practice. So now that you've made this dedication, the sacrifice, you should work to become a prakamatana, a kamatana monk, uh, wholeheartedly. And part of this, obviously, is having a kamatana or a meditation object, a basis of action is the literal translation, so that you can be a prakamatana, a kamatana monk, not just a name. Um, these days we can buy robes, whereas we used to have to sew them. And so it's very easy for someone to dress up as a forest or kamatana monk. But only if we are fighting the currents of our mental impressions and kilesa, only if we are going against the stream, are we truly a kamatana monk. And if we do this, it gets easier. Uh, the practice develops. So, Today is Magha Puja. It's our opportunity to review the Padimokha and our sila, our rule, and recollect that the world is in a chaotic state because people are not restrained as we are. They do not hold back their body and speech. And so this Padimokha, which we are reviewing, is extremely valuable and will eventually, if we practice in line with it and in line with the Dhamma, will allow us to see truth. So, once again, we abide by the Padimokha, we contemplate the body regularly, we see what happens as it dies, um, so that we can develop disenchantment to it. The breath goes, um, then the fire element cools down. As the body becomes cool, the bacteria that are living already in the body uh, begin to grow. They say that for in each living body there's about a kilogram's worth of bacteria. So think about that. But as the body becomes cool, they grow and begin to digest the bodily organs and parts. And this whole form dissolves with death. And as we contemplate this, we see that it's normal. It's part of nature. That death makes us like all others. And that the world and those in the world who struggle against birth, sickness, old age, and death, who try to protect themselves from them, who flee constantly from them, are only trying to flee the law of nature, and it can never be. One must accept this life and all that comes with it, uh, birth, sickness, aging, and the end.
So every day, contemplate what is death like? What is a suba like? What is beauty like? What is dispassion like? And as one sees with more and more wisdom, the kilesars or defilements become cool. We'll see clearer. We'll see that all these things we've attached to are just elements and there's nothing to really get attached to. We keep the core wat, we practice. Wisdom comes and destroys ignorance. This is what makes us a savaka or a true disciple of the Buddha. So, once again, this is Magha Puja, the recollection of the gathering of 1250 Arahants. And the same truth that was available then is available to us now. Longpur Cha taught time and again that there is uh, water underneath the ground if one only digs for it. And, you know, to give an example, this monastery has been around for 36 years, and we thought that we had no easily accessible well water. But just this year, we managed to find two uh, really good wells uh, because we kept digging and, fi- and looking for them. Um, and it's the same with the Dhamma. It's available if we only continue to look. So one must practice. Bawita bahulikata. So uh, I think that was a reference to our visiting monk. Um, but put forth effort. Practice a lot. If we keep up effort, we will find this water. We will find the Dhamma. Contemplate the body. Look at a supa. Look at dukkha. Look at impermanence. See anatta. Quiet the mind. And this all comes from the basis of practice, from keeping good korwat. In the evening, you can show up at 6.30 uh, for meditation, 45 minutes before evening chanting begins, and this gives you extra time to practice. If the mind isn't quiet, uh, keep chanting ETP, the epitaph of the Buddha, internally as you go, uh, come and go in your various activities. Keep the mind calm. Uh, this is your job as a monk. The Krubhajans have taught this, and we can all do it. Uh, we've ordained for the sake of becoming sons of the Buddha.